episode number 54 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan, myself Kyle Gregg, and also we have a special guest on the show, the one and only Chris Richardson, aka Rico. Rico. Welcome to the show, Chris. So Tom, so Chris, how are you all? Very well. Good. Fantastic. So the way way we're set up today, um, instead of me on... The, the hot in, in the hot seat at the TRS headquarters in Aberdeen. It's uh, Rico and Tom, and I'm skyping all the way from the the mountainous Afford. Indeed, we've got this is the most complicated threesome you'll ever be involved in. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, look at us with all our big headphones, our, our wee earmuffs, and uh, all these wires coming out of every orifice you can imagine. That's uh, it's it's a it's a sight to be seen. That's for sure. Uh, this is this is what you call budget podcasting. <laughs> so we we still um I think we've 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 uh, requested our expertise in, in podcasting uh how to set up a, a decent podcast set but uh so far to no avail. So. <laughs> it's not it's not that bad. The minute people start complaining about the quality will maybe change. So Yeah. So anyway, so we've also got Chris on, uh, which is a we're chuffed it's about we've got Chris the local marathon man. We're gonna talk a bit about marketing with Chris. We had the Scottish 5K chance last week, so we're going to have a rattle through that. Some big results there. Big huge tank here, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about our goals and what we've got coming up over the, the coming months, I guess, as we move into the second part of the year. Oh, exciting, isn't it? I, we, I think we've been willing to we've been uh, mentioning that we're going to speak about our goals in the last few episodes. and. This is a night, isn't it? It is a night, yeah. And we can get some of Chris's goals as well. Exactly, yeah. Another threesome. There you go, you know. (laughs) Threesome of goals and uh, TRS hosting. Maybe all the same goals. Yeah, maybe they have the same goal, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Hashtag Valencia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, one thing I'm going to say is uh, the the format, I mean, I'm just back back from a wee run, so I'm uh, all over the place tonight. Uh, Chris, are you... Are you taking over for me? So can I just sit back and let you, you guys host and give me a rest for a night? I, I thought we were going to do line about. Oh, line about, okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll read off the script that we always um, prepare every every Sunday night. Eh? I thought that was my line. So, so uh, you, you guys are having, you guys are on the beers, and I'm, I'm not drinking anything tonight other than Active Root. Um, I think you're a Carlsberg there. Ah, that's that's your that's your uh, your eyes doing the eyes aren't uh, seeing seeing right, the right okay. thing. I'm on the I'm on the active route. Uh, I don't even know what it, it's not even active route. It's just a bottle of active route, and it's got uh, a wee vitamin drink in it, Tom. Lovely, lovely. So you're you're advertising active route, but not supporting <laughs> active route. You're not advertising the benefits that active route gives you. You can't have an active route every day. Jeez, I think, I think I'm going to settle just with me right now. Gash will be a millionaire. True. He's actually in Aberdeen tomorrow. Is he? Selling his wares around. Is he? Well, pharmacies he... and things in Aberdeen. Pharmacies, is he? Yeah. That's a... All right. Well, I don't know. Running, I mean, there's only so many running shops in, in Scotland. <laughs> there's only one running shop in Aberdeen, I'm, I'm sure. I think, anyway. Yeah. So, on the on Active Route, which you don't maybe point out, it's quite good news that Active Route are, are going to be su- supporting us with our birthday celebrations, which are happening next week. We're going to have the Active Route Ginger Mile. So I think uh, yeah, it's not the actual ginger beer mile; it's the active <laughs> ginger mile. Yeah. So just just to be sure, listeners, you're not getting any free cans of ginger beer. <laughs> no. Ginger. 
It's uh, a ginger el- electrolyte drink, but uh, I'm sure it'll be very nice. Do we it know? It's very nice. There's Do no... we know if there have ever been any other active root miles in the past? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't think there has. Surely not. Tom. Surely not. Sure, the world record attempt. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah, stepping it the world be. record. Well, that's a, I've got I've got a question about that, right? Um, London Marathon, right? What is what is the deal with all these world records? Fancy dress world records. I don't get it. Yeah. Like, fancy dress record in a a nurse's outfit was one of them, and there's a big massive. There was in I think it was I, I read the BBC News article and it was like the fourth one down on the main news headlines about some a nurse kicking off because um, she was wearing scrubs instead of the actual nurse's outfit. But anyway, it's uh, the, the marathon they're they're investigating the. The the um the legibility yeah. of the of the world record, but, but some of these world records are nonsense. I, I think okay, some of them when, like the Big Ben one. Well, all right, it's a bit of a cumbersome costume, but really, the difference between being dressed up as Big Ben and being dressed up as a gorilla isn't much. I mean, surely it's, I don't. You're a bit taller. Yeah, well, the the wind the wind probably has a lot more effect on Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, As, uh, Rico, have you got the world record for the? The fastest person with an upside down head. <laughs> well, quite possibly. I, I need to get on to uh, get on to Guinness and, uh, and and ask them what the record is for that. Because uh, I didn't know. That's a big call from you, mate. Uh, you sh- I've got ginger. I've got ginger beard though. I, mean, I don't sport a cracking beard like Rico. It's a, a lot better than my one. Um, but uh, maybe an upside down head with with uh, these arm arm sleeves. I mean, you were wearing your arm sleeves at London, weren't you? I wasn't. No, the arm sleeves in Tokyo, but not for London. So we're we're what ruling about, out what works and what doesn't. What about calf guards? Calf guards in both, t- so both occasions. So what works for calf guards? That I mean, the cabbie, that two twenty eight is motoring. Yeah, but Paula wore half calf guards for two fifteen. Does she not wear socks? Uh, those uh, compression socks, not calf guards. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I think she did, Fastest yeah. man. Fastest man. It's like Kyle getting beaten by Nicola Gold. Fastest man for a calf guard. <laughs> 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 oh, no. En- enough of this insults. Well, do you know what? Why, why don't we just cut to the chase now? We're talking about Matt. We're already leaning straight into London and Tokyo chat. Let's yeah. dig straight into, into uh, the marathon man, our man of the So... Chris, we know we obviously know you very well. A lot of listeners will know you, but a lot of listeners won't know you. So beyond being a pal of PRS and a, a Metro Team runner, tell us about your background and entry into running and who is Chris Richardson. Okay. Uh, I've been running since about uh, two thousand and twelve or two thousand thirteen. I uh, I've gradually become slightly faster but more quickly I've become more elitist, <laughs> meaning that <laughs> I now disparage the runner I was uh, when I started. Uh, I uh, I started out. Uh, I signed up for a marathon as my first race, as uh, so many uh, so many people seem to do, much to my irritation. And uh, uh, since since then, I've been uh, trying to trying to get better at the shorter distances, but only really getting better at the marathon. <laughs> Well, that's you've got to start somewhere. Some people don't get better at the marathon; it's people get better at the shorter distance. So, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll take the PBs when I can get them. <laughs> so, why did you choose to run a marathon as your first race then? Why did you not think, think oh, oh, there's a 10k? I quite fancy that. What was it about the marathon that drew you in and teased you into the running world? I think somebody else said they were going to run it. No, somebody else was going to do the Edinburgh half, 
someone in my uh, class at uni. So I decided, being Billy Big Balls, I would do full <laughs> marathon. Nice. And uh, what did you run? And when was it? This was 2013. Okay. Why not longer then? So that's six years ago. What did you run? Uh, 321. Okay. Bloody hell. So, so let's talk about marathons, but we'll come back to your more broad, broad running and 10k. So tell us who your marathon progression. So 2013, we've got 321 at Edinburgh. Yeah. Next. The next year, Edinburgh, 321 again. <laughs> okay, right. So the progression was a slow burner. The seconds were down. <laughs> right, okay. It was, I think it was about 30 seconds slower. <laughs> and did then... You just pace, did you just pace it? You just didn't want to get a PB. You just wanted to get the same time. It'd be the only... The only uh, the only person to equal the time in a marathon. No, the first one I think was actually a negative split. The second one was a massive positive split. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, very very different uh, approaches. Well, fair enough. So you've you've learned. Okay, carry on. Sorry. And then I continued sorry, to get slower. I uh, I then did Milton Keynes marathon, which is one of the most dreadful experiences <laughs> of my of my running life. What just because it was Milton Keynes or because <laughs> uh, both both. Right. Because uh, when it got tough late on, it got really hilly, but there weren't any hills. It was just underpasses and oh. uh, flyovers. Um, so yeah, That's I was a I was aiming for a for a PB there, but I ran three fifty two. Oh, so yeah, yeah. it was uh, a crampy walk to the finish. <laughs> so that's that's two thousand uh, fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Spring. Yeah. And uh, that was when I joined Metro, okay. and then autumn. That year I did Berlin and that was when I first went sub three, which yes. was uh, two fifty six I think. Okay, two fifty six. So two fifty six four years ago. Then, so you, and then you continued that. So did you run a marathon in? I did spring. spring. I did I did Brighton that spring, at two fifty. Okay. And then I did Jersey that autumn two forty eight. Yeah. And then I stopped the progression again and went backwards again to in Boston. Uh, as we all do, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, waddling, waddling up park break uh, for, oh, wow. for two forty nine. You too busy kissing the kissing the ladies in the tunnel. No, well, I thought that I was still on for a PB at that point. So uh, <laughs> yeah. they should really move that screen tunnel to the end of the race That's so you can exactly. make the most oh. of it. You were too busy uh, visiting Portland. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it was only actually a couple of miles after the screen tunnel. I uh, I I took a uh 17 second uh toilet break for a number two which and I, yeah which did uh, you time it? no but other people have timed it on strava flyby <laughs> and uh so that was the first thing i found when i uh i think it was a metro pub night the the day that i got back from boston and the first thing anybody said to me it was dino uh Rusias. he said uh 17 seconds, that shit was. <laughs> so it's not an excuse then. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the, the, the following kilometre was 17 seconds faster than I, oh, I right. planned to run it because I was trying to catch up so much, which, did, which is probably why I blew up. <laughs> but in the I 17 seconds... I did you... blow up, though, but it's the same sort of thing. You feel like you have to catch up with your pace again. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. I should add, though, I, just, I think the one thing I should be covering, so Chris is too... 49, which, which broke the, the, the progression, if you like, that was off the back of, yeah, and that was, because I remember that was when I, when I first met you that year, I mm. started running with you, and that was when you were injured a fair bit in the build-up, and you didn't do a huge amount of 
mileage compared to what you would usually do. So I think that's also a factor there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I uh, I had a knee injury that uh, that year from increasing my mileage too quickly. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Uh, so I did most of my training on the elliptical machine for that, which was uh, almost as kind of fun as Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great answer for Milton Keynes, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was today. No, it was today. Yeah. Mayday. Mayday. Yeah, so bank holiday, man. Right. Yeah. I should add that, add that to you. <laughs> um, okay, so that, right, so, that, so that brings us to autumn 2016, did you say? Uh, yeah, so that was no, that that one was for me. Yeah, so then. Boston, you were you after, yeah. Yeah, so then uh, I didn't do an automarathon that year. That's on to London last year, which was. Oh. No, no, you still got autumn. You still got spring seventeen. No, seventeen was Boston. I think you said Sterling. Ah, that's right. Oh no, I did. Yeah, I forgot Sterling. Yeah, that was no. Uh, no, I did Brighton the year before Boston. Okay, so, so what did you do? In, I should really just bring up Power 10, that would be easier. <laughs> you did uh, Sterling last in 17, did you know? Uh, I did Sterling after Boston. Ah, oh, right, sorry. It was the same the same season. Ah, it was, okay. I think it was five weeks, uh, five weeks okay. later. Oh, blame it, so that is 2017 then, Boston? 2017, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got Power 10 up. And then you're 20, ah, so then 2018 is your London, you're 239, which was your... Let's be honest. Your, your two, that was your that was, uh, that was the breakthrough. That was your what entrance onto the onto the top level, club level. Uh, yeah, I uh, I suppose so. I would say though that uh, for the for the record of negative splitting, everyone that's been a success or every PB has been a negative split. The, uh, really interesting. But maybe that's because I've been aiming for them. So then, yeah. So uh, London last year was two thirty nine. And then Tokyo this year was 2.30, and then London this year, 2.28. How does it feel to say that? I don't know. It's Because uh... 2.28 is a, is a real time. I mean, that is... I don't, I'm not discrediting any other marathon times, but when someone sits down and says a 2.28, that is... I mean, honestly, if I you know, rewind you and I two, three years ago at running at a club in, you know, in 2.40s, you look at 2.28 as being... That is a seriously, seriously quick time. Talk about the time that Kyle runs. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I gonna, hey, I've already I've already said that. Well done. I'm looking behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he he's uh, he he came back. With, Rico came back with a kind reply saying, "You're doing ultras now, mate. You can uh, you, you can take a rest." But believe me, Chris, I'm still wanting to 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 break to to break you guys down and keep my reign at the top of the metro podium in terms of the marathon but uh well you need to you, know, you need to get closer to your pb because in the on power of 10 if you look on the the metro uh records you're uh you're not uh, 225 there you're 227 there because you're a forest for your exactly uh, for oh, your PB. Man. oh that's so uh, you're a minute behind you then <laughs> it comes yeah. to the metro start so we've so i guess there's a, there's a few things, things that are interesting. Firstly, the progression. Let's say, let's say from Boston onwards is, is incredible. That's two years? Uh, yeah, Boston. two years two, two from Boston, Boston. And that's from 249 down to basically 20 minutes. Yeah, you're right. But still, so tell us a bit about your math training. You're a regular club runner. You're progressing huge money. So what, what do you put that progression down to and how do you train? Uh, I think, uh, so... 
in terms of my training, I, uh, I'm a disciple of uh, Pete uh, Fitzinger. So uh, I first <laughs> used his book for Boston. Nice. And I think it maybe would have worked had I, uh, had I managed to cope with the mileage that, uh, that it involved. So uh, generally, the, the points that I include in my training is uh, a lot of lactate threshold work and uh, quite high mileage. So uh, those two, and then also a lot of marathon pace miles in, in long runs. I don't really see the point in going out for long, slow runs every weekend. The, with last year being a kind of breakthrough in the marathon for me, it was when we were doing a lot of, uh, kind of on a Tuesday night, we were doing a lot of maybe three by two mile sessions and then at the weekend doing a long run with a big marathon pace section. That's where I really felt that I was getting faster. Then the other thing which is key is training as a group mm-hmm. with yourself, Sam Milton, Ben Ward Run Beer, <laughs> all uh, all targeting similar marathons. It's uh, well, it's it's great for training, but also uh, yeah, also when you see other people uh, smashing out times in training and in races, you uh, mm-hmm. you realise that maybe you can do it because well, what you said about uh, that's the sort of time you expect Kyle to run, not not us when you run 2.30 and we've been training together, yeah. suddenly yeah. it becomes it becomes normal. And you kind of... I've always thought that runners, uh, when they see people that are a lot faster than them, they uh, they assume that it's because they're more talented, more naturally talented with them and people that are slower yeah. with them, it's because they're not doing it right. But when you see people that have been doing the same things as you, have been progressing similar to you running those times, uh-huh. then... so. You and you and Sam Milton being uh, being a bit uh, a bit faster um, in our training for London last year, I think made Ben and I uh, up our target slightly. And then mm-hmm. your uh, your run last autumn in uh, in Frankfurt kind of set a wouldn't I wouldn't say a target, but it set uh, it set a bit of a precedent of what can be done. Exactly. So, Tommy, uh, you were the first inspiration. Well, I was going to say though, I think the, I guess it's all easy to say, uh, you know, the the times, but I think you hit the nail on the head there with the group training. And that's like you look at the group, and I'm this is going to sound incredibly self-indulgent, but I don't care. You look at, and I mean, as a group, our training group has made huge strides in the last um, year or two years, to the extent that we're that we're not so far away from you, Kyle. So you can now be an honorary DP hire if you like. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 looking to try and uh, bring, bring it down again. You know, I'm, I'm, maybe not just now, but certainly, you know, we'll talk about goals. But I'm I'm getting on. You know, I'm an old man. You know, you guys are just young whippersnappers, finding your feet, getting quicker. You said that. Twenty-five years I've been running, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting old. You know, I'm uh, I think I've got one or two marathons left in me to 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 bring bring that gap but what i would say chris is it is and you know we spoke about this in the podcast a couple of episodes ago it's a healthy it's a really healthy group that you've got because you're all working together you're your mates you're you're just encouraging everyone to push on and you see somebody running well you want to try and do that you want to go right i'm going to go out and do that run it might not it might you know if you never had that you might go ah i'll just do another you know i'll only do uh eight sessions this week instead of that nine sessions I do. You, 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 I, I think anyway, it certainly gives you that motivation to, totally. to go out and train hard. And, and I think the, 
the group at Metro at the moment are doing that, and I think likewise it should. I'm sure it's cascaded across Scotland and uh, some of the some of the performances that people are running. Everyone's, um, you know, success breeds success, doesn't it? Well, it's so. not. You know, it's two, well, two things come straight away. A, there's no there's no surprise that success comes in groups. Now you only have to look at the success of the Yellow Train at Central over recent years. Now, you know, when I say we're we're progressing as a club and as a as a group in the club, I don't mean we're we're uh, we're, we're winning and things. Although we did win the the East District 10K with two. Uh, led by Camastrack and Ben Ward, which was which was strong, but the other part of it is you're absolutely right, Kyle. It's that healthy rivalry. Now I remember in London last year, and uh, what a time which I've actually mellowed on and actually now think it was a solid run. But I had to see watch Rico come past me here on I don't know what it was, but 16, no maybe 18, 17 miles, 18 it was, miles. Uh, it was a couple of seconds out at 35k at time and chip, so it must okay. have been what's that, 22 miles. So 22 miles. Now, that is... Did you give me a wee slap in the ass? <laughs> no. Was you? No, unfortunately I didn't. Anyway, so that, so, I, when he came past me, that was a, a real, it's, it's a funny one, because you're furious that your mate's beating you, but also chuffed that he's looking so strong to cruise on. And then later on, Ben, Ben Morgan Beer came past me, and that was another one, I thought, again, simple, that was like a double, that was a second knife, you know, I thought, Jesus. What was that? Falling that was a Hamish sandwich. But what, but what it means is you kind of think, right, I need to, the boys are delivering, I need to deliver. Do you know what I mean? And it's the same with when you run it. I remember last, um, last year at Frankfurt, it was the week after we'd done well at cross country. Was it National Cross? Anyway, whatever it was, folk had had good runs and Leeds was the next weekend. And I remember thinking, these guys are going to smash Leeds. I cannot be left out of this. I, I've, got, I've got to execute here. And uh, it's it's amazing, and I think the yeah, folk are, you're always going to be in a group. People have good runs and bad runs, but one thing that you know, on, back on you, Chris, is your your training is consistent. We were talking here before. Consistency is key. I mean, mileage, high mileage, I guess, is is quite is relative, but to whoever's listening, but certainly you are very consistent in your training, which I think is which must be key over the last couple of years. Yeah, well, I suppose I've been lucky that uh, since that knee injury before Boston, I've not really had any any major injuries. I've had a few niggles that I've uh, I've had to, to deal with, but I've not had anything that's actually put me out of training at all. And then I think, uh, again, that's where the training group come, comes into it because I, uh, I I have a weekly routine that I pretty much stick to. And I know that if I, uh, if I suddenly miss out a session one week, then everybody's going to know I'm going to effectively have to answer why I'm doing that and mm. it kind of holds you a bit more accountable but yeah I, I'd agree it's uh, the consistency it doesn't it doesn't give you a PB in two weeks but it gives you uh, it maybe gives you a PB in a year's time mm. and so on the so just to talk about marathon and, and the strategy one thing you're known for certainly within the group and Kyle and I are in all of it to the extent I copied it in Frankfurt is your and you know I looked through Chris's London splits last year to build my Frankfurt plan. <laughs> that's that's how much we are on Rico's, it. Rico's uh, Rico's face on the on the wall on the <laughs> yeah. dartboard. So how so the negative split? You said yourself that you you you've run it a few times. How t- let's take London and Tokyo as examples. How have you planned your marathon? So I, the way I see it is that if you uh, if you steal a minute in the in the first half you're inevitably going to have to pay for it in more than two or three minutes in the, in the second. So 
I tend to try and find the slowest time that feels fast, if that if that makes any sense or mm -hmm. sounds like it would be fast. I'm trained to that, uh, and then maybe test around with some other paces. Very much use half half marathons as a as an indicator, and then I don't allow any scope creep in my first half planning, and then. Mm -hmm. 20 miles is where I like to uh, I like to to plan to push on. I uh, I wrote out splits for uh, for that sort of plan for for London uh, uh, last week. But actually, both in Tokyo and London, I uh, I actually made a decision mid race to push on earlier, okay. and uh, that well that seems that's to based have, on feel, it? based on feel, but also based on uh, which is important. Uh, yeah, also. Kind of just based on what's going on around me and whether I feel I suddenly get worried that I'm missing out on uh, on the time, but I won't let myself do that until until I've got to halfway. Mm -hmm. So actually, I uh, I got kind of psyched out by a by a guy in London who uh, one of the one of the spectators being absolutely hilarious shouted, um, "Go on Eiffel Tower." Uh, as I was passing, so I looked over my shoulder, thinking there can't be an Eiffel Tower behind me. <laughs> so that's a fast Eiffel Tower. And uh, so I I knew that I, w I was five seconds off my my plan, five seconds slow of my plan at five k, ten seconds slow of my plan at at ten k. Uh, so I knew that I was a little bit behind, but I'd been relaxed until then. And then, so I looked and there was no Eiffel Tower, but the guy next to me said, "Was there an Eiffel Tower there?" Um, and I said, no, I, if it was an Eiffel Tower, I'd be throwing my Garmin away. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, good, because, yeah, I was already thinking, I'm, I'm probably going out too fast. And then I kind of said nothing. And he said, I can see two guys up there ahead of me who are 72-minute runners in a half for a half marathon, and my PB is 75 minutes. And I I thought, How, how's that working? My plan is to go through 70, 75.00 for the for the half marathon so i then checked my watch against the the mile marker and it was just slightly out so okay. basically this guy was well he was doing a mcdougall <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how successful that is, that's, sorry, that's exactly what it's now known as <laughs> the mcdougall <laughs> but it, it it got in my head that yeah the that i was running with uh with a slower pack than i should be running so i and this, so this was at eight miles. That was the marker that I that I checked against. Uh -huh. Handily, that I was using kilometers, so uh, it uh, it worked out fine uh, for thirteen. Uh, but then from so from thirteen kilometers up to Tower Bridge, I was stay. I I didn't accelerate at all. I just kept the, the same pace. But I was desperate to kick on because I was thinking I'm losing time potentially all the time. Is my watch out? Is there anything? So then when I went over Tower Bridge. I just decided not to look at my watch anymore and just start reeling in whoever was in front of me until uh, until the finish. And uh, yeah, so I felt quite comfortable going through the Isle of Dogs. And then uh, I knew that my my parents were going to be at Mudshoot and they said they'd take a, a photo. And just as we were getting down towards the bit where you turn at the bottom of the Isle of Dogs, yeah, yeah. I saw. Do you know Do you know the name of the the girl from the non-elite field that ran a 232? Seth Davis. Is it Haley Carruthers? Yeah, Seth Davis. It can't have been Haley Carruthers. It must have been Seth Davis because 
Haley Carruthers was in the elite field, yeah. but it was, it was whoever it was that that ran a low two thirties. I presume it was her. Was she wearing. Uh, I can't remember the vest. I just she it was. Yeah, <laughs> she was wearing she was wearing hot pants, and I thought I can't have it that if there's one photo that's taken of me this race that I'm behind um, that I'm behind someone with hot pants because I look like a pervert. <laughs> so then that's when I started to. Uh, I decided I needed to overtake that group by the time we got to mud shoot. Right, so okay. I stepped it up a little bit more there, and that's when I started kind of. So that must have been. So that's about uh, sixteen 15, or seventeen yeah. miles. Yeah. So I, I'd had a bit of an acceleration at uh, at halfway, but from there, that's when I started to accelerate more because I wanted yeah. to pass them, and then yeah. I kept that uh, that acceleration on mostly to the finish. I slowed down at uh, for the last two k, which mm-hmm. is always uh, always annoying. But uh, I managed to. Was that you were just flat out then? By the last two k, just it was just tying up. Uh, yeah, I've never actually wanted the finish line to come as much as I did uh, then, mm-hmm. which maybe means that I've judged it better than uh, than uh, than I have in the past. Because well, in in Tokyo, I was I was still I actually ran through the finish line and uh, not. Because I'm nuts. Because I wasn't. Well, maybe I am nuts. I I wasn't actually sure the finish line was there because it doesn't have a banner. Over so I live streams. I watched the live streams, and you looked the most confused person to finish. You came over. Not sure. You, you I think you like you, you ran about a good three four meters past the finish, staring at your watch. So, yeah, I, I was expecting a banner over the finish. Work. Yes. Yeah. You should pick up some ultra running. You could have got a a 50k uh, a good 50k time with that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't quite 8k that I went past the finish, but <laughs> eight, eight, eight meters maybe. But uh, no, I uh, I didn't have the have the legs in the last uh, couple of kilometers of of uh, London. It uh, that was me entirely at the at the limit. And you won the thing you talked about last week is the, the amazing stats. In London, you've had 126 people you've overtaken in the second half, zero overtaking you for the second year running. Now. Do you, are you actively saying, like, I'm having them fishing through the field? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I just, I target the next person and I catch them. And uh, particularly in, uh, well, this, uh, in this past race in, in London, since there was a strong headwind from the west, it probably wasn't making that brutal much. Headwind. Yeah, a brutal, it was a brutal headwind. <laughs> uh, was your cheeks flapping about? Yeah, yeah, I was going backwards. Oh, God. So uh, I decided to uh, to catch the next person and then sit behind them for ten seconds um, oh, to nice. shelter and then to to push on. But it didn't always work because the further you went, the more disastrous yeah. people were blowing so up. <laughs> yeah, you just, well, he was going. He was he had the most pained expression on his face that I saw of anyone. Uh, but he was moving faster than uh, than some of the other people that I passed. When did you go past McDougall? I think it was uh, a couple of miles to go. The, a couple of miles. So he was still on track for 228. Yeah, 228 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think on track for you need to you need to factor how fast you're going. Yeah. So two miles to go. He was. So what? Oh God. Primal Chris oh. in a message the the afternoon. The race. Chris described passing the giggle as he had expressed like he was chewing a lot. <laughs> Which yeah, I uh, I I stand by that. But then I uh, I had a look at the uh, the finish line camera uh, just uh, just yesterday when I got back and uh, 
I, I put it on for when I was expecting myself to cross the line, looked, <laughs> looked at that, and it wasn't all that interesting. And then I left it on, and I was doing a couple of things, and then I saw <laughs> I saw this guy crossing the line, already being supported by uh, by the by the marshals, who must have spotted him a hundred meters out, and were waiting to uh, to cart him off. So he was chewing a wasp with two miles to go, but he was kind of catatonic by the finish. <laughs> oh, that was so But I, uh, yeah, hats off to him because that's. Uh, oh. I'd uh, I'd love to have the balls to uh, to run the first half like that. Now, now that would be my, that's my question. Is one of my questions. Um, what do you would you ever consider going going out at say, you know, doing a positive split, or do you think you would always, you know, run a, a marathon at a you know with a negative split? Or cause my you know my my thing is, do you know when you get to the end, when you get to seventy five minutes. And you, you know, on at London, and you think, right? I've, I've left. There's no way. Say if you're aiming for two twenty-five, um, or, or, or say you, I don't know. You think, right? There's no way you, you, you're going to probably manage to do a seventy-five and a seventy. Whereas if you were to do like a, I don't know, like a seventy-two and a half and a seventy-two and a half, it might feel a little bit more realistic to run a two twenty-five. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, an even split. I think you'd always be happy with but i don't think does anyone ever plan to to slow down no not I'd say, really. even yeah, if people yeah, write true. a plan for a, or people say yeah. that they're going to hold on they're expecting to hold on for an even split or go faster so i'd yeah. never i'd never want to run a positive split because that probably means that i've i've had a disappointing second half but yeah. i i tend to plan for a bit of a negative split because i think that the uh the mental boost you get from having people to chase is uh on being able to chase them is uh i think the my when i got my 225 i mean i never got a negative split but i was i was i, I think i was like 71 and 74 and 71 and a half and like 74 and a half or something um but uh or i can't remember so I, something like that um but what i did what i did find is i went past so many people and it felt amazing and i almost felt that I could go faster, so I tried to go faster, but something mm-hmm. I would I look back on and go, well, actually, I shouldn't have pushed it so hard at like mile eighteen. I should have just held on, and um, I probably could have maybe found another minute or so. Um, so I completely agree with like trying to figure. But that's the other thing. Like, how do you know? How? Oh, he's he's on the beers, is he? Oh, two of them. Oh, jeez. Um, how how do you know that you're that you're going to negative split, or how do you how do you you know how how do you glean the confidence to know that you're going to you know you're going to go out and negative split? Because I I I for me I I don't know if I could if I'm doing a, a two twenty five then what's that I would have to run. I don't know if I could do a seventy three and a seventy two. I just don't know if I could do it. I mean you know maybe at the moment probably not, but you know if I was in PB shape. I always I think it's a question of uh, of whether you're more scared of the distance or more scared of the pace. So I'd have thought as an ultra runner now, you'd be more scared of the distance. Like you know that you can comfortably run at, at some sort of race pace, 26 miles. The bit that you you probably ought to be worried about is running at running it like running the 72. So I think that that 
that so for for me i i do quite a lot of five miles in training and i do some some quite quite a lot of long and fairly hardish runs which means that i know that i can be quite hum- comfortable beyond beyond 20 miles so i'm not too worried about the distance but since uh since i don't really have that much of the top end speed um i'm terrified of doing uh uh a 229 kilometer, no, a 329 kilometer in, uh, so that's like, what, what's that? That's step 530 mile. Yeah. I'm terrified yeah. of doing that in a marathon. So I'm not doing that when I've still got more than half a marathon to do. But yeah. if I'm, if I'm beyond 20 miles, I'm, ha- I'm happy to do either. So, uh, I always feel in the first half that at 20 miles, I can do anything. It'll be fine. But yeah. I'm, I'm terrified of putting a foot wrong on that downhill in the first uh, in the first three miles in uh, in London because I know that if I trash my quads there I've got to carry it for 23 miles. I I I think you're spot on. I would I would love to see a breakdown of those who and maybe this is a state of but those who negative split and say London will probably run relatively better than those who than the than the unless you're I mean, a true even split i mean and actually one thing we should shout out so chris is uh better half uh kirsty ran 313 I was because I really was hanging on at the end. I felt I'd, I'd given it everything, but I still it wasn't like I faded, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I think I see the point. Some people make it. You need to split two, by quite a lot. And you can maybe last too much on the course. But in, in your defence, you pushed. You were hanging on the end. Uh, yeah. So I, I was. Uh, I was hanging on the end, but maybe I left myself too much to do. Kind of from the Isle of Dogs onwards, you. You could argue, because I was looking at the results today, and uh, in the kind of leaderboard of the results, it gives you the halfway split of everyone. Mm-hmm. And you have to go quite a long way beyond to find anyone else that's run 75 minutes. It was everyone around oh, me had okay. run 73 minutes. So maybe, so either they're all wrong or I'm, all, or I'm wrong. And that's a lot of quick people that I'd be saying are wrong. Yeah. If that's not the way of <laughs> well, so what? Yeah, yeah. So what? That, the interesting point there brings me on to my, our next point here is right. So you you've gone out in seventy five and changed, which for me is spot on for someone who's just run two thirty thirty whatever it was, right? That's pretty much bang on splitting what you've just run, what you know you can run, and you then pushed on. So I, I again I, I get where you were with London. It makes sense. You paced it based on a six an eight week old Tokyo. So t- talk us through Tokyo, London. Two marathons, eight weeks apart, two minute PB. How how does how does that eight week window work, and how do you how did your confidence go about it? Because I called you out last week for whinging about having my legs are so well, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. far mess. Oh, he, 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 he was I see a Strava like a DNF on a session, and then pulls this out. Ah, oh, pulls it out the bag. Yeah, just when it matters. Uh, two weeks two weeks earlier, I I couldn't have done it. Uh. I uh, I went out to do uh, a marathon pace session. I wanted to do a 20 mile run with 10 miles of marathon pace. I uh, I managed uh, I think I managed 
five of those miles and then I was just absolutely done and I kind of jogged back at uh, kind of seven thirty eight minute miling uh well, I did com- finish the twenty miles, but the rest of it was okay. uh, was at that and three weeks three weeks out i uh, I had a a half booked in I knew that it wasn't going to go to plan so uh this was in berlin i uh, I decided to try and use it as a marathon pace training run and uh so race conditions you always feel a bit better, so I did feel a bit better but i I decided to go out at marathon pace thought. So, yeah, cruising easy. I realized I was a little bit off that uh, um, when I got to 10K, so I put a little bit of a surge in with my watch playing up. Uh, but I was hanging on at the end to run, I think it was about uh, 74, uh, 40. Exactly I was absolutely right. hanging on to run 74.30 <laughs> three weeks previously. And then the second half of, of London was 73.25. So. The, the time it takes to recover from a marathon for me is, I think, exactly eight weeks. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I, 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 I started to feel a little bit better the weekend, the weekend before. You had a very good session the week off. Two weeks out. Two weeks out, I did exactly the same session I did, out, did two weeks before Tokyo. Uh, when I did it before Tokyo, I felt great. I, uh, I thought I was flying. It was, uh, everything felt smooth and easy. And then this time, it's, everything felt hard. Maybe it's in my head, I don't know. Uh, it just kind of felt, everything felt kind of slightly lopsided, like I was putting everything through my right leg instead of both of them. And uh, my legs hurt while I was doing it on the recoveries afterwards. Uh, but I got home and I looked at the splits and it was three by a mile, or not not three by a mile, three by a nearly a mile loop that we do. Uh, and the first one was exactly the same, second one was exactly the same, and the third one was one second quicker. So okay. nice. I'd been, as you say, bitching and moaning that my legs were sore and I couldn't run anymore, but that session was exactly the same. But that was the first time that I had a session that I felt had been any success since Tokyo. Right, okay. So that's interesting. So, Eight weeks, that's really interesting. What, so your training is a massive part. I mean, we, we, we do, you know, we go on about negative splits and pacing and pace judgment, all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, Chris, and I'm sure you'll agree, it is down to training. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And you, you train you train really well. And, you know, I see you. I'm driving into work and there's Rico in his, with his bag commuting to work from, from Aberdeen to West Hill. And, do you give me a hug? Yeah. <laughs> I give you a honk. Sometimes I give you a honk, but then, you know, somebody then honks to me, next to me in the lane, and say, why did you honk up yeah. me? And then, you know, it's a bit of road rage ensues. So my my to... theory is one honk sounds aggressive, particularly one long honk, but two little honks sounds kind of like you're saying, well, Hiya. It's, interesting. it's interesting you say that. I just, we just got a new car, and uh, I tested out my, my horn a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I beat the horn, but I was trying to do a double tap, but it just ended up being one long <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah, so maybe the angriest honks are the... Is it, in the States, yeah. they'll say honk of your horn is. Is that not the... Is that not the, the... I that's a bumper sticker. Is that a bumper yeah. sticker, right, okay. <laughs> honk if you're horny, okay, well, I'll try and... But, you know, I don't want to be honking the horn at Chris when he's running into work. I should be dropped, because I, I sometimes so see Chris on the way... You know, very, very seldom uh, when I commute from, from West Hill to Aberdeen when I, when I drop Debbie off. So I'm hoping to have some more high fives of Rico. And, but anyway, getting back to my question, 
my question is, you know, how do you, you know, you, you work full time, you're not full time, you're not a full time athlete, you've got a, a decent job and how do you fit the training in, in, in your work and social life? How do you do it all? Uh, so, I think uh, the mileage, when, when you increase it, it always seems impossible until you actually do it. It's uh, It ends up being a bit like getting a run in for me now is a little bit like having dinner and that uh, I'm going to do it at some point in the day. It's definitely happening, and sometimes it won't be very impressive, but it's happening one way or another. And uh, so and, uh, I don't, I don't so, tend to miss anything. So, so what do you do? So you, you commute in the mornings. Do you commute most mornings when you go no, to work? Or? I, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty boring commute, and I'm... Uh, I'm not really a morning person, so I only manage that once or once or twice a week usually. But if I if I did that, that so that's uh, that's eight miles each way, so it'd be quite a a big week by the end. But I managed to get out. Can I ask you? Yeah, so, sorry. So in your commute, I know we're, we're, we're pausing here, and I'm always segmenting our questions. There's a guy who commutes into work, right? And he wears vibrams, and he slaps his feet, and he's got a cadence of about. 300 rpm do you know the guy i mean no because if i if i saw someone wearing vibrams when i'm before i've had a coffee in the morning i'd probably go off and uh uh <laughs> attack him i'm uh well, well uh, he, he he runs and i've the amount i mean i don't think he listens to the podcast and i don't know if he's a nice guy but every time i say hello he just blanks me and stares at me and uh, it's a vibrant I just thing. annoys. I just say, <laughs> and then sometimes I'm running in the mornings uh, in the dark, and I can hear this slapping behind me, and it's like that really, really fast slapping of. of he doesn't overtake you. Oh no, no, God, no, no! But I know he's behind me, and then I just kind of increase my. my Is pace. it the, sometimes I have a really, really the five fingers pace. that he wears? Yeah, 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 those oh, ones, yeah. Do you know the guy I mean? No, but no. I, it, yeah. Well, anyway. That guy, if you're listening, call, you need to call yourself out because uh, I need to know why he wears vibrams and why his cadence is so fast. You sure it's not Tom Roach? Uh, think, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's not Tom Roach. I don't think he wears vibrams. But I can't. We, 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 you know, Tom's cadence works perfectly well for him, so I'm not going to. Yeah, uh, and if Tom Roach is wearing vibrams, I'd wear them too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. It's like, you see, be... what Rico doesn't appreciate, Rico, well, obviously exactly saw me in Frankfurt, he shaved his head after you shaved your head, and now his next thing, I don't know what Tom Roach is doing, but that's the next step, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've been trying to find out what the, what, what the addition <laughs> to make from, from Tom is, but, uh. That extra minute, yeah. Anyway, back to your, back, back to your, your schedule, so, yeah, you commute, um, lunchtime runs. Yeah, I. There's a there's a decent group of us at uh, at our work that uh, that get out for for lunch runs. So if I can get them in, that's uh, that's uh, an easy way to fit. And then I usually uh, I I try to uh, kind of commit to to meeting people for runs if I can to to make sure that I get them in and make them uh, a little bit more interesting. And then yeah. uh, with a training group, uh, it's usually one session, one decent session a week, and then. Uh, then my long run with with a bit of pace in it when I'm marathon training. So you're doing sort of two key sessions a week, I take it. Yeah, and then I, the rest of it's easy volume. Uh, yeah, but I try not to do uh, two smaller runs in my in my doubles. I uh, 
I think that uh, like a ten mile is is better than two fives. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I try so, to make sure that so if I'm only doing two key sessions a week, so that's say that's Tuesday and Saturday, I'll try to make uh, Thursday a bit of quality in that uh, maybe just being a bit longer, a little bit uh, a little bit faster, and maybe some striders and drills in there as well. So yeah. it's uh, kind of like two and a half uh, quality days. Yeah. Okay. And what about strength training? Do you do any weights? Do you hit the Do you hit hit the gym and give it lardy or? So I have a uh, I have a very basic strength program that I uh, that I stole off Tom uh, oh, about a year and a half ago. <laughs> did he steal it off you? I don't know. Did you, Tom? No, I stole the internet. Oh, did you? I, I no, I don't think it was me. And I've I, I've I, adapted that. Uh, um, over time, but uh, I don't think Tom's done a strength session in his life. Still so done. It's a, it's a very lightweight strength session. There aren't many weights involved. I'm going uh, go for toes, not bulk. <laughs> I'd love to see you go to yoga, Tom. Yeah. But then another really? TRS friend, uh, another friend of TRS, uh, old man Dave, uh, convinced me to join him <laughs> in his big boy leg session, as he called it, and uh, I did a couple of those. Uh, in the last, uh, in my last training block, and uh, the problem with those is that I couldn't walk the next, uh, <laughs> the next day. You don't realise what what muscles you uh, uh, you're not using in uh, in running. I uh, I was trying to uh, trying to match what the the weight the weightlifting people were were squatting, and uh, after about five squats, I'd uh, done myself all all sorts of damage. So I I'll try to put that a bit more into my training now, but. Uh, I did it once between uh, Tokyo and London, and decided that that was why recovery was was not working. So uh, I'm probably not going to do it for a few weeks. So I was going to ask about the. I was going to ask what's next, you know. But I think actually, we, we, let's let's save that for when we talk about goals. And as part of Team TRS, we can we can talk about Rico's goals as well. I think just to kind of wrap this up, we'll we'll catch up with Rico in the future. Why don't we go into some fartlet questions, Kyle. Oh, I've, so I've, uh, I've I've made up some fartlet questions for you, Rico. I didn't, Chris, uh, sorry, Tom didn't help me one bit, but here we go. Uh, cross <laughs> Hutney Road, so, so, track. So we're alternate here. <laughs> what? You go and I go. All right, okay. Right, can I start again then? Yeah, cross country road or track, Rico? Road, every time. Pre-race meal. Uh, the night before, uh, pasta and pesto. And uh, the morning of toast and jam. Toast and jam, okay. Butter on, butter in the middle. No. Uh, no. no. And uh, the reason for toast and jam and the reason for no butter is uh, is not because I think it's the best thing. It's just it's the only thing that I can guarantee that I can make anywhere. I I never want to have to carry the well. You carry a uh, a travel kettle with you to make <laughs> uh, to make porridge. Uh, so I don't know anyone who does that. Do you carry a toaster with you? Uh, I don't toast it when I. Uh, oh, okay. But, it's not toast, it's bread and jam. But like, yeah, bread, bread and jam. Well, I'm, if I'm at home, it's toast. Okay. Right. But anywhere, and but I don't think that makes uh, an all, an awful lot of difference. But like, e- even in Tokyo, you can you can get that because you're not getting pasta and pesto in Tokyo. Sure. That was ramen. But uh, yeah. Favorite movie? Zulu. Favorite race? Uh, Boston. Rest day or recovery run? 
Uh, recovery room. Favorite beer? Uh, yellow Belly, but it's now discontinued. Who makes that? Uh, Buxton and on the Polo. Oh, great answer. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that. What did you just say there? Uh, yellow Belly. Yellow Belly. It's good, Run but in... you won't get it anymore. Ah, uh, running rival. Ben Ward. Liverpool <laughs> or Metro? Uh, Metro. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you go, ah, yeah. Right, uh, right, morning, morning shuffle or evening saunter? Evening saunter. Running here? Uh, Zatopek. I was hoping to hear Tom Bryan. But no. I thought you might go Ben Ward. Yeah, I should have gone Ben Ward for, for rival and hero. But yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll change that. It's, it's Ben Ward. You can edit, edit it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, so before I go into that, how did it feel to run past Ben Ward then in, in London? Let's uh, let's let's cut to the chase here. I know he had a shocker, as we all do. But the, well, can I compare it to running past Tom? So I ran past Tom the year before, and interesting that they said exactly the same thing, or the conversation was, really? was almost yeah. Well, it was one word. It was it was different place. So I ran oh, past you. Yeah. Place. So. I ran past, I ran past you and uh, I saw, well, in both, I don't wear my glasses when I'm running. So I, I see the yellow yeah. and I think, I wonder if that's Tom, I wonder if that's Ben, like, who is that? <laughs> and eventually it becomes more clear that it's, uh, and I was telling myself this time it wasn't Ben because he wasn't wearing, for some reason I thought he should be wearing his uh, red adios, which um, I knew that he wasn't wearing, but this is kind of marathon brain fuzz. Uh, so when I, uh, when I caught you, I was, I was gutted because I, like, the plan was that I was going to run 240 or 239 and you were going to run something like 235 and so was Sam and Ben was going to run 240 as well. And we'd all been, uh, we'd all been kind of dreaming of this day for a while and that was the first sign that it wasn't all going to go into plan. You haven't already seen Sam as well. I, I haven't seen Sam. Oh, I crossed seen. the line thinking that Sam had smashed it, but uh, he'd actually pulled up injured. Yeah. Uh, so when I when I saw you, that was the first indication that not everything was going brilliantly. Because yeah. in my head, everything was going brilliantly until then. <laughs> it was with you, yeah. <laughs> so that was the first indication. So I, I was gutted to uh, to see you. But that that, that was... That was because I knew that you weren't, it wasn't going well for you then. But when I saw Ben, that was only at 20, uh, that was only at about 28k or so. It was before Canary Wharf. And I'd have my splits and how far behind or ahead I was. Yeah, I'd ripped them slightly. Yeah. (laughs) So this, so at 25k, I was four seconds behind target pace. So probably when, when I passed Ben, I must have been pretty much exactly on on target. So if, and I'd been, and I'd recently sped up. So I didn't know that he was having a shit time. Uh, I, like for all uh, I knew, okay. he, he could have just been a hundred meters ahead of me for the whole way. And I just picked up the pace slightly. But then, so what, what he said, which is the same as you said, he just said one word, stitch. And then yeah. uh, I think I said, uh, yeah, I, I said, why don't you try some water? Because he said that he couldn't, uh, he couldn't take gels on. 
but uh, so I think like there were kind of compound problems there all coming from uh, uh, from the from the stitch for him. But uh, so I uh, I tried to uh, I tried to you, you you think you can say something, but actually you can't say. Anything. There's nothing you can do to help. No. So I uh, I went in front of him because it was quite windy at that point and thought I'll shelter him a little bit and maybe he'll come with me. But within two seconds I looked over my shoulder and it was clear he wasn't coming with me. Yeah. So then so so I was. I wasn't as gutted to see Ben as I had been to see you because uh, didn't I didn't know that it was yeah. all going as badly for him as it, as it was. And my, uh, like, I, I designed my race plan based on what I thought Ben could do and to basically stay in touch with that if he has a great race and catch him if he if he goes out and, and fades in the last couple of miles. So I was I was pleased to see him when I saw him. But then when I actually caught him and realized that he was coming to me too quickly, then mm. uh, then that was uh, was a bit disappointing. But uh, he'll run under the map and then he'll, uh, he will. he'll, he'll go quicker than 2.28. Oh, yeah. He will. Right, that's the longest one to spot like question. <laughs> <laughs> right, move on, Kyle. It was interesting. Farlax uh, right, are we're, meant we're, to be slow and fast, aren't they? Yeah, okay. Right. You go. Uh, Arsene or Cap uh, Kafka Chris, that's what your nickname is. Um, yeah, Metro Lads. I'd need uh, to rename myself if I uh, <laughs> yeah. if I said arms, please. Favorite distance? Uh, the marathon. Post race treat. Uh, Yellow Belly by Boxer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you sponsored by this brewery? I know. It's a great beer. No, actually, I think I. It, it's a very uh, it's a very strong beer. That's why I'd probably have a uh, a lighter beer as a post race treat. Right. Favorite shoe? Uh, That's a silly question, isn't it? Is it? Or is it? What do you think know. the answer is? You think it's a four percent? Yeah, I think you're going to say that. Are you? Uh, I'd wear it if I was doing another marathon, but I, uh, I think it's very unstable going around corners, so I wouldn't wear it for for everything. I'd uh, my foot again, Pegasus actually. I'll go Pegasus because I, mm. it's the the one the one shoe that if I'm if I'm if I were going on holiday. I'd be happy to do a session in it. I'd happy to yeah. do a long run. Be happy to go an easy run. I'd be happy to go on a night out on my Pegasus as well. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I've seen my wedding in Pegasus. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I, wear, I wear black Pegasus with my uh, with with my kilt instead of kilt shoes. So uh, yeah, I, I I now just wear Pegasus on on every occasion. So that that can be my favourite shoe. Worst well, I mean, worst race experience. Worst race experience. Uh, that has to be Milton Keynes. <laughs> I didn't even get to see the. I didn't even get to see the the famous concrete cows. It didn't go past them. Oh dear. Uh, uh, unachieved ambitions. Uh, beat Kyle Gregg's uh, Metro uh, oh, uh, yes. time. There we go. Oh. There we go. Jeez. So we've got the end of the year. No, I, I can't do that this year. I don't want to do another marathon this year. He's done two already. He's done. It's not fancy Valencia in December. You can, you can take sure and do that again. Is he doing it? Yeah. yeah he's, oh. I think he's talking about it. We did it last year. I think he's a regular. Yes. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I, could be tempt, I could always be tempted to run another marathon, but at the moment it's not on the on the plan. Joking aside, when we get this TRS marathon smackdown lined up, we should get Rico, we should get McDougall, we should really, well, that would be seriously good to get a group like that. See if we can convince Robbie Simpson to get involved as well. Should we get McDougall and I to swap our strategies? 
As in, I have to go out. I have to go out whatever he pace he tells me to go out at, and he has to go out at whatever pace I tell him to go out. That's, that's a great idea. Uh, and last but not least, favourite place to run? Um, I would say Queen's Drive in Edinburgh. You know, the, the oh, loop around Arthur's Seat. Yeah, very good. Queen's Drive? Oh, yeah. I thought you meant Queen's Drive in Aberdeen. Jesus. <laughs> I thought you meant Queen's Drive in Queen's Road. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Right, so oh. I think that was, that's been, that was a, a very useful insight into Chris. Chris, I'm sure we'll be back on again. We've got the rest of the show to, to speak, but I think we need to move on. So I think we need to... Do you know what? I'm not sure whether there's much to say about my training, because I race, so I can comment during the race section. Kyle, what would you like to say about your training this week? Oh, my training? Oh, well, it's been a bit... I, I was going to say at the start, but we, we got we got stuck in, really. Um, training's been... It hasn't been the greatest, Tom. Um, so I, I'll mention it on the podcast. My, my dad had a heart attack on Thursday. Um, and uh, since then, it's been... It's It's been... You know, it's... Everything takes a back step, really. And uh, I mean, you yeah. know, luckily he's he's, he's okay. Um, I, t- I tell you what, the the NHS, the you know, from from when when he heard, you know, when he he was admitted to, my mum woke up and he was uh, he started turning grey, and um, she took her, she took my dad to the the health centre, and the health centre then knew right we need to get an ambulance, ambulance then. Uh, you know, whisked my dad to from Forest to Inverness, which is about thirty miles away, and within the space of two hours, he uh, he had this, his two stents in, um, and he was oh. he was back, you know, he was he was back to normal again. Okay, you know, a big shock, and you know, physically and mentally, it, it's it's taken quite a lot out of him. But um, so yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a yeah a, a, a fairly a fairly tough few days but but equally it's been a a real wake-up call for from for you know for my mum and dad and certainly for for me as well and um and you know just lucky that he's um he's fortunate enough to to to, to be okay and um and to have another chance and uh you know to reflect on his his health and and and, and try and improve that as well so he's you know he, he's he is a smoker and you know a lot of these things he's going to now have to stop he, he was thinking of you know he's not thinking but he started making changes to his diet and things and um so yeah it's been uh, you know unfortunately sometimes some people don't get that chance they don't get that second chance um but but yeah i think it's he's, he's certainly in safe hands and there's a lot of people around him who can advise him on you know ways to change his his lifestyle and uh, to hopefully you know become a lot healthier and fitter so so yeah so that's that's been my last few days really tom so i've not really been doing a huge amount of training um but i think that's but, right yeah. but you know what Kyle, i mean it's, um, we're obviously just so pleased that he's okay i'm really sorry to hear all that i guess what it is is it shows that in your people talk and forget people see these guys and you are from these guys who you know you're running for scotland you're Scotland international and you know life gets in the way and you've got, you've got to, you know, it's obviously running is not, that's not the most important thing. So you, things do get in the way, and you have to adjust your training, you have to, to drop running. That's, that's right. just, that's happening. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it, it, it wasn't even a thing to do, you know, to, to say, I'm just going to not train. You know, it's we dropped, everything's dropped, and you, you, you go and see your family and make sure they're okay. And 
Uh, probably more, you know, my mum obviously being yeah. being back, you know, he's in hospital. And I think he, my mum said the last 15 years, she's only been, you know, she's only spent a night by herself when she was in hospital, you know, within three days, three days within in the last 15 years. So it's, um, yeah, it's quite, uh, it, like like I say, you know, you just don't know what's around the corner and you, you really do have to take life for granted and, um, and, and to embrace every day as it comes and, do the best you can be the best you can be and 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 you know for me as well you know and not just for me but it's it's a it's a wake-up call to adjust things in my life as well like diet and and you're not you're not um you're not immune from things like illness and disease just because you're a fast runner and i yeah. think a lot of people think oh he's an elite athlete he's a healthy guy he's a fit guy okay he might be fast but it doesn't mean you're healthy um you know i mean i'm yeah, I haven't got a huge amount of body fat, but there's people who have, you know, they also have a great lifestyle, and they, you know, something can happen to them, and um, so yeah, it's just really, you know, it's a, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, you know, I've, you know, there's a lot of people I'm sure have had family, friends, and things have gone wrong, and um, you know, you do, you do, you really have to just reflect on on how well you can live your life, and uh, making sure that you're as healthy as you can be. Uh, diet, sleep, recovery, all these things. Um, so, so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's been. Other than that, you know, it's been, it's been a bit. The, the first few days was quite a good bit of training. Uh, you know, I got a, I got a long run in on Sunday. Um, after you know we we headed back home. Um, got some time out into the hills. So I was doing, uh, like three, three hours of of running in the hills. So that was awful fine. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and then I got my had a chat with Lewis, my coach, and um, I've got my plan for the next five weeks. But we'll chat about that in terms of goals, and I'll I'll reveal what my plans are, Tom. I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, we'll let all the best to to Nolan and Cal's dad. We're we're all uh, we're all thinking of you and your mum, mate. We're all yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're all good. Okay. And, then cracking spirits. Uh, my my dad's back home and uh, my mum's caring for him at the moment as we speak. And uh, yeah, starting to yeah starting to look at how things are going to be in the next uh, yeah few few weeks to in you know for for him to change his ways. So yeah, it should be should be good. So yeah, good. so that's my that's my wee ramble there for you. What a week, mate. That's, uh, I know. Yeah, what it's, a week. Uh, but yeah, it, oh, we're certainly a positive end to the, you know, ne- a negative within that. But there's uh, there's optimism uh, as as things um, progress, which is great. So. Good. So, there we go. So yeah. where were we? Training wise. Well, that was my training. That was your training. Well, what? Uh, anyway, hopefully it's a bit more settled for next week. Well, let's go to the race results uh, rather than go. I'll just chat about my my running when we get in. So I'm racing the weekend. The most important race to start, I think, is going to be the Scottish 5K Champs, which we touched on last week. We we gave a wee bit of a uh, discussion and we talk, talked about some predictions. And I think we were both, I think you were right on the men's side, I was wrong on the women's side. I think so, yeah, yeah. So we had, um, I, the standout performance for me was Morag Miller. What a performance from her. Yes. To, to run, so she ran a sixteen. What did she run at Balmoral? Was it a sixteen twenty? She was. 16, so I spoke to more. I guess actually, as a interview, which is coming soon, she was sixteen fifteen. Wow. So sixteen fifteen in in 
in Balmoral and the Scottish 5K Championships, she runs a 15.52. Is that yes. right? Yes, 15.53, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I think it's on 1549 on the chip. Of course, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. And it's, it's it's all about the chip time for your PB. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an incredible time and to I do that. You, and that's a scalp as well, you know, to take Mario McClendon down. You know, Mario, who, I think Mario wasn't pleased with that. That's a big PB, 1555. But, you know, Mario's been in such incredible form this season. I'm surprised they started so far back as well to uh, to have a big difference between the chip and the, the finish. Well, what's interesting though, so, you, so that's a fair point. Mario's, sorry, Morag's chip is what, four seconds back, but she was 63rd. Yeah. You know. It's a huge, huge race with a great field. But there can't be many races uh, where you'll, as a, as a woman, you'll run uh, sub sub 16 and finish second. So all the, so we just, yeah. all yeah. the results cited. So more I can for the win, Central AC 50.49, Margaret Lennon in the Retires 50.55 for second, and Fadula Ross 16.18 for third. Now we also had just a couple of shout-outs. We had Jenny Batman in there with a uh, 16.39, there's still one there. A great one there, actually, from her. Who else have we got? Other names we've seen. Joe Williams was running. She was next. You know, you look at sort of uh, Michelle Sanderson looks to be the first uh, vet, is that right? No? Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lindsay Chisholm, sorry. First vet, 1752. Anna Headley is an under 15. That's incredible. Confirmed. Holy moly. That was my memory. I, I've done that race once, and it was a few years ago, so I... I like to think I was a bit quicker now, but my memory of it was, I uh, I I looked at the people in front of me and thought, oh, there's there's like little girls in front of me. I must be running really slowly. <laughs> and then I looked at my watch and I was way ahead of anything I was capable of running. What's What's amazing is um, how the so so Anna Anna Headley's five uh, k is the second fastest all time. UK is that right? Blimey. Wow, that I didn't is, see that one. That's absolutely incredible. If we want to talk about age then, if I go to the uh, men's results, the, I mean, if we start at the front then, Chris Jones for the win, 14.26, uh, Dundee Rocks, good to see Chris back after a bit of a break, uh, good to see him back at the front as well. Actually, James Donald, Dundee Rocks, under 20, second overall, 14.31, really impressive. Third, Black Oaks, 14.39, Chaps and Harris. Uh, but fourth place, Hamish Armit, Kipton at North AC, under 17, 1441. Bloody hell. Remember the name. He beat, the, he beat good old, old man Cameron Strachan as well. He did. Which is a PB for Cameron. Well, that, but what I would say is, uh, you know, Cameron got a third senior. He did. So There's two juniors in front of him, but it's a, it's a third senior, though. Knowing Cameron, Cameron's. Uh, Cameron was just pointing out to me there. He's in shape too, you know. And that's uh, that's the, the thing with this race. It's, you you have to go back. I mean, because if you you look at the guys who are, you know, Ali May, Ken Wilson, Scotland National, Ken. I mean, what what I would say is, did, did Cameron not get a medal because 
the two guys in front were juniors. Would, they, would, would that not mean Cameron got a third bronze medal? He did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. If you roll back, right, 100 players, so to go in the top 100, you have to go sub 16 20. Yeah, and that's awesome. Really that's, good. Real depth in the field. Um, another, under 16 minutes. Yeah, another standout for me is uh, Cameron Main, uh, Maui Roadrunners. Yeah. He, 14 46, that's a awesome time from Cameron. I've I've watched Cameron grow up as a as a junior in the cross country road yeah. and track and uh to see you know Cameron Main he's a, a, a fantastic triathlete as well and to, to to run a time like that's uh that's a huge P B for Cameron. Um, I'm sure he, he broke he was doing it last year and he was a minute slower than that. So mm. um so yeah incredible time for, for Cameron and I think that certainly bodes well for his triathlon season and uh his running season as well in the next couple of years. I was a bit surprised by Cal McKenzie. I thought Cal would be further up there, fifteen oh one for Cal. He was, you know, I know he ran really well. He had a good start to the season. Maybe it's a bad night there. So is that because the field's so strong, or did what was his time? Fifteen oh one. Yeah. We so we got off, but I mean, yeah, it's when most other five k's are on like that. So fantastic, yeah. absolutely great. I mean, you go through the results a lot with some. Going back through with some some really strong ones there. On a team perspective, do you remember the car? The team one? Yeah. Oh, now you're, now you're talking. Oh, I don't. Sorry. Hold on. Oh, that's okay. I can bring them Let up. Let me pull them up. Uh, have you got them up yet? Uh, I will do in a second. So on the team side, the in the male side, it was a win for the Harrys. So Edinburgh University Herring Hounds. Uh, Jack Leach, Alex Carcass and Max Malarvey, second place Christophin with Cal McKenzie, Ewan Brown and Dougie Selman, um, all within 15 seconds of each other, those guys. Mind you, look at the first team, it's 14-49, 14-48, 14-59, Harry's, all under 15 minutes. Uh, and third place, Camusline Harry's, Drew Pollock, under 20, Jamie McKinnon, under 20, and Colin Wiley. So really strong there. I mean, well, you know when you've got central back and forth, that's a really... Really it's consistency across all of them, though, really, because uh, so in those top four teams, the the highest finisher finisher is eighth. So no one's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's them it's them packing them. What was that? So that's twenty fifth, twenty. Sorry, what was that? The uh, oh no, yeah, fourteen. Sorry, I was uh, reading the wrong one. That was all oh, right. On oh, the positions, yeah. Yeah, fourteenth, twenty first, twenty fourth. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it just shows how thick a field it really gets, which is, which is great. Um, I'm just so the female-wise, I've got yeah. the females. Go a, a win for Inverness Harriers, another top top Northern club. Uh, Mary McLennan was running for Inverness. I, I understand that's... Is that right? I she, guess she so. She was down for running as for Inverness. Uh, so, yeah, Mary taking... Taking the the win for the team, uh, the win for the team, and fought with Jenny Bannerman and Gemma Cormack backing the team up. So yeah, great result from Vanessa there, and sent beating it the yellow train of Morag Miller, Natalie Stewart, Lauren McCulloch, and uh, third place Edinburgh University Hare and Hounds with Zoe, is it Blug? Amy yeah. Frank, Amy Franklin and Hannah Morrison, and that's your top three uh, female team. Fantastic. I mean, you know, it's a great event. It's, it's probably, one, probably my favourite national road champs, actually. It's a great event, Friday night, great coverage, and kudos to Scottish Athletics, who actually had film, video coverage this, this time. 
I watched the finish cam, right? And it was it's comedy. Chaos. <laughs> it was chaos. It was hilarious. It was like watching Stuart McDougall <laughs> a couple of hundred times, you know, in the last second of the race. Not even the last second. The, as they cross the finish line, right? Everyone who's listening, watch the finish line, right? And just watch everyone's arms. It's amazing. Like, it's the arms that go. You know, you're running really yeah. hard and your arms just flap about and people are falling over. It's just complete carnage you know i mean i yeah, yeah I, 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 I would i would hate i would hate um i would hate you know the, the, the race organizers not not to have uh you know crowd control uh, at the end. <laughs> yeah. you know imagine that everyone would just be piling on top of each other if people weren't asked to move on but i i thought it was uh it was chaos comedy and it just shows like look at the end everyone's given absolutely everything they've got you know we we talk about empty the tank every single runner there has emptied the tank it looks you know according yeah. to the the the, 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 the camera anyway so uh kudos to to i think adrian stott was the race organizer and his team of volunteers so something you know we we don't really uh congratulate you know we congratulate the runners the coaches all that you know but we we, we I, I think we we sometimes forget to congratulate the the organizers and the volunteers that take you know make these events happen hugely appreciative um for you know certainly for for the athletes who who run and i i think anyway and if anyone does listen and you know you you perhaps haven't done your ounce of volunteering then i would urge you to contribute to the to the racing in terms of the volunteers because without the volunteers folks there's going to be no races Mm. anyway so what else is my that's not a rant. That was just uh, me me rambling on again. So, yeah. Chris, what other race did we have? We had the the race formerly known as uh, as Baker Hughes, <laughs> now uh, officially called the BHGE 10K Running Festival, as everybody calls it. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was run won by uh, by the the bronze medalist from uh, from Friday Night's Racing, uh, Mr. Mr. Rustlers himself, uh, Cameron Strachan. <laughs> nice. So uh, I uh, I saw all the photos uh, of him tucked behind uh, the lead pack. So I think he uh, cleverly uh, saved his energy, having spent it all on Friday night, and then uh, outkicked them uh, in the last mile. What I did notice was uh, why did no one shelter behind Ron Mackay in, <laughs> in Baker Hughes? He's a massive guy. He's huge. He's also Ron Mackay was sheltering behind Kenny. Kenny's tiny. <laughs> but Roman Carlos is on a savvy race. He's just... And also, He's you know, fighting this time, eh? Yeah. So, Cameron's tracking Roman Carlos, Kenny Wilson. Kenny's obviously done the brunt of the work. Kenny's done the brunt of the work. <laughs> the, the honest racer that he is. <laughs> the nice guy of, of racing. But I'll tell you what. That's, uh, two things. I think it's impressive for Cameron and Kenny to turn that around. Friday night, 5K, full on. Full effort with the 5k chance and Sunday to run a 10k and run solid times of what was a you know, pretty brutal windy day. Um, and the boat race the weekend before as well. And they both raced at the Balmoral. <laughs> so what a what a I feel they did a 5k though. Wow, yeah. 5K you you've changed since you started Jesus. I did two marathons in a week. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> well, not now though. Aye. <laughs> And they've got Will McKay, who I actually quite impressed with that one. I did not, I would not expect Will to split them. 
Well, Will's, Will's the Scottish 10,000 metre champion of the track, or has been, you know, a couple yeah. of years in the, in the, in the bounce. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's, he's got that memory, that muscle memory that, you know, sometimes he, he might not be in form all the time, but he was, uh, he had, yeah, I was, I was quite pleased, I say, you know, pleased to see him having a good race. It's good to see him kind of getting back into shape. So, yeah. kudos to Will Mackay and uh, Cami and Kenny for, for all that racing now. Go and have a beer. Absolutely. So what? So what about the women's side? The women. Well, I know that. Obviously, I know the women. You, you need to, to. To be honest, I, I think uh, you should have, you know, mentioned your wife first. Your, well, your wife is. I'm, uh, I'm building up the, to the, it. The, she's a record. She's won the the Baker Hughes. Was it five years in the bounce now? Uh no, five and five times in six years. So That's five it. times is the record. That trophy's so, private property now. It is. <laughs> have, you managed, have you managed to hold it yet, Tom? No, uh, I'm not allowed to touch it. I can, I can see it. Go on, take it, take it in front. Show, show, show the. I was going to say show the listeners, but we don't have a YouTube stream yet. No. Sorry, folks. So, no, the, the, yeah. Um, no, I think but no, that's a great run from Fiona. Uh, I mean, she just she did Boston a couple of weeks ago and wasn't moaning about uh, getting stuck in there like you were. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna try and run as fast as I can. Fiona just goes out, wins it. Doesn't mention that she did a marathon a couple of weeks ago, and there she is, smashing the field apart. The course record is uh, is slower than her PB. So now that she's now that she's won won it five times, uh, next yeah. year she'll have to not run Boston beforehand. And uh, I think she should I run it this year to be honest. I think Fiona's run is. Is obviously to say Fiona's run is picking up great, and obviously I think the, the five wins is amazing. Uh, I think she's, you know, it shows she's become a, such a, a constant performer out here in Aberdeen. But I think a better day she might have, she might have, she might have given the record. Three weeks after Boston, that would be the yeah. conditions there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so three weeks. Well, okay, I'll let. That's even worse, Tom. I thought it was only two weeks. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Look, look, I don't know. She was close. She should really, we were, we were, I thought for a minute we were closer over a mile when we were at a 10k, but that's not quite, she'll kind of be saying that, not quite. Yeah, so Fiona was first, second was, who was second? Uh, Gemma Cormack. Gem, oh, yeah, so Gemma Harry. was also racing that, uh, the 5k champs was it, was as well, it? so, so it's good to see her running well. She's getting back into shape too, so well done to Gemma. And uh, third place? That was Kelly Williamson, who's uh, currently unattached, so sign her up. Yeah, yeah, right. Sign up, Kelly. If you listen to the show, you probably not. If you're not even with a club, you probably never heard the tartan running shorts. One yeah. one result I'm quite impressed with is we've talked about before is uh, Mike Carroll, Perth Runners. Previous. So he's he yes, he, champ and he was obviously first first uh, vet, but he ran 34:03. So he's still life in the old dog yet. First of the rest, really, because uh, the f- the front three yeah. from all the photos were running as a pack and sheltering. So the rest of the, the rest of you must have been in a race yourselves, and he's won yeah. that race pretty convincingly. Yeah. So so back to so aside from that, Tom, how how was your race? You had a, a decent enough race, uh, you know, yeah. from looking at the time. I did. So what did I tell you I was going to run last week? Oh, I kind of mind. I we we I, rambled on that I much. I think I said I was going to run something like thirty-four forty. And what yeah. Did you? Oh, That's a Rico special, you know. Go out and. <laughs> it actually says here, 
conditions looking at most people's times i think oh. maybe i'm going to su- suggest uh you know depending on where you are in the field uh, a 45 to 60 second mate it was absolutely maybe. brutal it was brutal i mean <laughs> there was people crying it was just honestly it, it was i don't know what i'm surprised it was any of the storm yet is <laughs> it actually like storm, storm death i suppose <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure it is but yeah it's brutal. Not death. Someone told me, someone said to me in the finish, oh, that was brutal. <laughs> I thought they were winding up. I thought they were supposed to be the show. No, it didn't. <laughs> really? <laughs> Every race is brutal. Come on. What's, <laughs> uh, brutal, yeah. what, what's everyone's Java uh, titles? Brutal. Brutal. B standing for brutal. H standing for, I don't know, headwind. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what GE would stand for, but... And if you've not got more than three tornadoes, then it means it was perfect conditions. <laughs> it means that your PB doesn't really count. Yeah. Oh, I, know, I, mean, I, I was. I, I, was I, I raced it. I sat behind a pretty big lad on the part of the front for a bit. I got mean, afraid for a bit, and I thought, you know, this is. It's all. It's all about lost in racing here. I'm not gonna. So looking at the results, would that be Mark Brown? Yes. Because it, would it be. won't be Max Abernethy. Yeah. So uh, look how much time you've put into him, having made him do all the work. You put two minutes into him. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I, was with, I was with him until about... 3K and then Mike Simpson's Metro teammate till the 5K mark. Uh, well, no, sorry, 6K mark when Mike. Uh, and nothing Mike came through. The, so, I mean, it was a good, good, uh, a good day for the Metro boys. We had a team prize. So, yeah, anyway. What do you, uh, what do you think? I mean, that, that race has been going on for about 20 odd years. Um, so, what's your thoughts on the race as a whole? I I think, I think it's a, as a club runner, I think it's a great race. And I'm actually. I don't know. I think it's one of those races that more people should support. I think if you if you're a club runner and you don't have a, a legitimate reason and you're not running a local 10k, you know, and, and uh, I think you should you really should question why you're running a running club. I mean, we don't have that many races up in Aberdeen, so it's always support. Support people. People are supporting it. It's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, I've seen people out knocking out, uh, you know, doing a 10 mile long run at the same time about one mile away. Just do the race, support it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you could do your 10 miles within the 10k. Exactly. I understand the numbers are down. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was never a race I was going to cry about if the things were my way. You know, it's, you, just, you just get after it. Um, yeah. So why do you think the numbers are down? Any reason? I think there's a few a things. question for you both. I or... think the promotion is poor, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think okay. it's well promoted. I think they've lost a bit of a sparkle. It used to go down, there was a race village. You know, it wouldn't be a big deal to create 
a cheer zone. I think they could also think they could maybe rewrite the course in the sense you go past the start finish area after three k. So you've got supporters at three k and then at nine k, and that's it. I mean, yeah. Could they? I don't know. I, I think there's something that could be done with the course. I wonder whether you could bring it into town more. Could you start yeah. and finish up next to Union Street? Well, now yeah. that Great Aberdeen Run starts there, then I don't think you can say that that's uh, it's impossible to have a a big Union Street finish. And that's really if you're comparing the two uh, the two events, which are kind of fairly comparable as being the big city races that you have in uh, in in Aberdeen, like yeah. closed road races. They're they're comparable, and for me, the what edges it for Great Run is uh, is the Union Street finish, which uh, makes it feel like you've uh, you really are. Kind of running somewhere where you're not able to run every other week, but for me, a big reason for for the for them struggling with the with the numbers is probably the timing. Like the reason I've not run it is, uh, well, I was still away uh, away on holiday, but uh, it was a week after London, mm. and uh, London also being the same weekend as Stirling, and also being the same weekend as uh, as the Balmoral races. Yeah. Is it, it's probably in spring for an Aberdeen club runner. The most common weekend for your main goal race to be was last weekend. Yeah. So this is one week, one week beyond, beyond goal race. If you're going to let your hair down, drink a load of beer, that's the weekend you're going to do it. And if you're recovering, can hardly move, that's the weekend that you're going to be in that state. It's yeah, not. Uh, it's not the weekend that people are looking to to find a race to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. Oh, that's a, That's interesting. I yeah. I, think I, I, I was just I, say one more thing. I also think that uh, it's also an indication of there are a lot of ten k's around. You know, I there think are, there is. There's there's so, so many. So many. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Very good. Right. So that's a, that's a great huge. On a couple of other races we can rattle through quickly. Uh, Speaker Croyne on the weekend. Is that, yes. Is that, is that I, I mean, obviously, I was I was thinking of doing it, but um, you know, obviously, uh, things got in the way. So, uh, but what I, I'd love to do it. It's, a, it's a, a race I would love to do. But what I would say is uh, Finley Wild. You know, running it again, smashing everyone. Up again. I think he was within the course record as well, maybe. Yeah. As looking at the timings of it. I think um, it's a, it's a new route for for just two or three years, but he was uh, I think a fair bit under the the course record that was set last year. Yeah. So he was uh, a full five minutes ahead of last year's time. Uh, yeah. I think which is which is great. The second was a, a top another top athlete, Andy Fallas, in two eleven, uh, and third place was. Veteran as well, Jethro Lennox, who is just keeps going on and on. So it's great to see Jethro running well too. And mm-hmm. in terms of the female side, we had Jill Stephen, HBT, who won the race in 2:41, followed by Andy's uh, Andy's wife, Helen Fallas from Carnethy in 2:47, and finally in third was Ruth Crew Crow of um, Westerlands in 2:54. So. I think it was uh, a bit windy to start with. The wind died down a wee bit, um, but yeah, good, good sunny cells with the odd, with the odd hail shower. So uh, yeah, good wee race. Very good. On the on the vet side, just to go through some of the age category ones, just give the winners here. Uh, first V40, male 40, Jethro Lennox, Shelton. First female 40, Scuds Wingrove, unattached. First N50, Sure Whitley, Carnetti. First 
So uh, really good to see real, you know, big numbers of race cars in the doorway. Ah, absolutely. So yeah, that was a Stuka Croin race, and uh, what else do we have, Tom? What do we have? Well, it was. Uh, well, we don't have one thing. We're talking about beforehand. Run, Glen Line Ultra. We have no results on that. Ah, oh well, we won't talk about that. But uh, like, like we say, if you, any race organisers want, you know, want to to mention the results, please send them in and we can have a chat about it. And equally, any race organisers who want to come on board and have a yap with one of us or a ramble, feel free to do that too. Yeah. So we we also um, the, we we had a couple of our um, you know our close uh, friends who were one of our, our running buddies, Dave Andrews was doing the Thames Path hundred miler. He was indeed, yeah. So we were I was tracking some of it and uh, he had a great run. I think he was he ended up getting into the top ten, but uh, boy oh boy what a what a distance to run eh. I know that's a that's a hell of a long way to go. But to be fair, Dave, he um, he uh, the results up here. Dave, it was some really good pacing today. He looked like he he really moved his way through the field. Um, and yeah, he's he's coming in a solid tenth. And this is Dave. We Chris and I worked with Dave. We see him on those ten runs, and Dave was talking about maybe not even completing it. What the hell? I mean, to to not co- think about not completing the hundred miler, you know, he just shows he. And that, I think you did mention he wasn't in in you know in the best shape, but uh, kudos for for smashing it out and you know getting in the top ten and uh, a fairly prestigious ultra too. So yeah, he's, but, but, he's been injured the best part of the year, so it's uh it's really well it's it's a good sign to come for the rest of this year that perhaps his ankle problem isn't going to hold him back as much yeah. as uh, he's maybe thought that it uh, it might do. But I know that it's uh, it's uh, running on uh, on uneven and, and hilly surfaces. It's a problem for him. So this is maybe the perfect uh, perfect ultra. Yeah, the 17 and, hours uh, and 35 minutes for 100 miles. Very impressive. A good a good wee warm up for his 24 hour race in September, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, she's all. So yeah, we. What's a shame? Just depends on the day. What's a shame for David? I was going to say I wonder how he got his age category, but some of my club point out. It seems that the only people who do this are vets. So first overall vet, third place vet, fourth place vet. So unfortunately Dave wasn't quite much out there. So uh, he was, yeah. But he actually in ten years you'll be peaking at V50, being he, all over V40s. He did a, a racing negative split, as I'd call it, and <laughs> every uh, apart from one, every checkpoint he'd moved up places, and the only one where he moved down. Was the penultimate one where he bre- he was briefly getting chicked by Debbie Martin Cassani. That's right. Yeah. So she was uh, she was the Scotland coach. Um, I say the, the Scotland ma- team manager for the British Hundred K champs. So she ended up winning it, and uh, good to see a uh, a Scot. Um, you know, she's an absolute stellar performer when it comes to ultra running. The certainly the, the longer distance. So well done to Debbie in that crack and run. Yeah. So yeah. while we're talking about ultras, since we've got Chris sat here, Chris, you're obviously a man who's, who's uh, you love a bit of mileage. Ultra, is that on your, is that on your radar? Uh, it's on my radar, but it's, uh, only because my radar has got quite a long, a long range on it. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, well, I've always said I don't want to do, uh, uh, do an ultra while I'm still in my 20s, which is uh, becoming closer to being, uh, to being finished. But at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm still in my 20s, so... Uh, so not just yet. 
I'd like to uh, keep doing the marathon for another couple of years as my main uh, as my main focus. But beyond that, uh, yeah, certainly. But I think that uh, it would be a case of picking the the right races. I'd want to uh, I'd want to be I'd want to be able to compete, but I'd want to find the most prestigious race that I was able to compete in. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll take answers in the back of a postcard uh, if uh, if if anybody has any any suggestions. But uh, maybe maybe in two years' time. I would love to see. Uh, she she only made the point actually after your marathon shoot, and I think she's right. It'd be incredible to see you perform at 50k road. Yeah, because I suppose you would just. I'd treat it like uh, like I treat a marathon now, and well. I felt at Tokyo like not that I would have done another eight eight k without slowing down at all, but feeling strong at the end of that eight k wouldn't have felt uh, horrible. In London, if you'd have maybe do eight k, I would have just jumped in a river and utilized Stuart McDougall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuart McDougall would have caught me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so one, one other result I was going to mention moving back down the distance was uh, an amazing run from Andy Butcher at the, yeah. the USC Peyton Jordan Invitational race. Now, there's been a couple of Scots who were racing, but a huge run from him uh, in 13.18 for the, the UK lead um, and yeah, one of the top times in the world this year. So nice. a great yeah. run. Thirteen eighteen for a five k. Holy moly! What's his PB? Do we do we have that? It's uh, thirteen oh nine. So he's got the Scottish record. Okay. Uh, I think it's. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, j- just shows you. Chris O'Hare ran a thirteen forty eight, and he's the second uh, lead in. in um, I, I think it could be the it's either the UK or Scotland. I'm not sure, but yeah, that, a clear half minute ahead of of uh, Chris O'Hare, who's. Who's also running really well, which is interesting because I don't think Chris O'Hare has run. You know, he did the stepped up to the three k, but to, for Chris to step up to the five k is um, an interesting mm. uh, shift up the distance. Why don't you get him on the show to ask him? So I why that, not? That why the hell not? So actually, I saw an interview when we were in the states with Chris O'Hare. You know, he ran a mile at the at Boston, the marathon weekend was a mile. Apparently he was due to run the 5k, but for some reason then this year I think it was to decide to run the the the, the mile. <coughs> excuse me instead. So it'd be very interesting to see if he's that's a sign a sign of intent. Moving yeah. On. How old is he? Pass. Okay, late twenties. Chris O'Hare. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's about yeah late 20s because he's not that he's a little bit younger than I am. I think. Um, okay. uh, so yeah. So, there you go. So, so yeah, other than other than that. Any other results? I think that might be the weekend, actually. I think we're starting to quiet down a bit after the, the April Bonanza. Shall we do some running rants? Let's do some running rants. Go so for it. So, got... the Jen. So, who, who, who uh, ranted about this? Was well, it Jen Wren? Well, this is, uh, this is actually going to be something that's been moving a lot on social media this weekend. And it's something that Chris had seen and Fiona had to me. And I've seen a lot of people coming on comments or posts saying TRS should cover this. So uh, we had to our plans. Um, so basically, Jen Wetton, who's you know, well-known um, uh, Central East Eastern, Jen won the, the Stone Marathon to take the Scottish Marathon title. She's won the marathon title before with Zimbabwe. She's a, a very, um, a very well-proven marathoner uh, over the last few years. Anyway, so Jen put something on Twitter, which is really interesting, and I thought it was worth 
shearing. Um, so basically, I'll just read out a statement, which is quite interesting, quite a, it's a rant itself, I think. Last weekend after departing, I won the Great Stirling Run Marathon. I'd opted to run Stirling instead of Manchester, Bryan and London, as it was in my hometown and also incorporated the Scottish Marathon Championships. Before the race, the price structure wasn't available on the Great Run website. In fact, it wasn't available from the information center the day before the race. The only information that could be given was that there would be a meeting that night to decide the prize money and after you could come to the information tent on the morning of the race to find out the decision. I'm not sure if this was actually possible as on race day morning, anyone with a chance of winning a prize was busy preparing to run rather than going to the information tent. In 2018, the winners were awarded £1,000, so we could only assume that it would be similar this year. However, after winning the race, posing for photos, covering the main sponsors' branding, and speaking to the press positively about the event, we found out via email that the 2019 winners were only getting £200. Obviously, I was very disappointed with this and couldn't understand why the prize money had been cut so dramatically. Great Run justified this by saying they were bringing it in line with their other non televised events. Sterling is the only full marathon that Great Run organised. While £200 is a reasonable sum for a win in a 10k event, it is lower than a lot of half marathons paid and significantly lower than other marathons, i.e. Edinburgh, £1,000 plus £500 to your charity, and Loch Ness, £1,500. To add insult to injury, I found out that the Great Sterling Run half marathon winners received the same prize money as the full marathon. Great Run say that they, to quote, view both distances and the participants in each to have equal standing. Yet the entry fee for the half is only £36 compared to £58 for the marathon. Without meaning any disrespect to the half marathon runners, a full marathon is significantly harder than a half marathon and requires a lot more training. It is double the distance. I can't understand how both races can have equal standing. Had I run the half marathon, I could have been racing again this weekend, but as I ran the marathon, I'll spend the next four to eight weeks recovering. I would like to have known the prize structure in advance so that I could have made a more informed decision when planning my 2019 racing calendar. When the race is on the same weekend as London, and in the same month as many other high-profile marathons, Sterling will need to offer more incentive if they want to attract quality athletes. Great Run are a business, though, so are probably more concerned with profit than having fast times winning their non-televised races. So, wow. lengthy statement. How did you get that on Twitter? That's, that's what I went. <laughs> you get 20 words, you know. <laughs> so I think it's... A, I think it's is, actually, two things I for I'll, I'll give my I'll let you guys discuss. I think it's great that Jen shared that. I think it's really good to see someone actually come out and say, you know, this is how I feel about something that's not quite right. And I think it's a positive thing for the sport to be sharing these sort of issues. So, chaps, what do you make of it? I think that there's a few issues there, really. There's because there's the the question of it going down, the question of it not being. Uh, uh, not being publicised, and then the discrepancy between, or the lack of discrepancy between the half and the marathon. And for me, the one that uh, the one that irks me most is the fact that it's not uh, it's not that they've not been open about it. They've not they've not advertised it. But I've never really understood why uh, why race organisers offer prize money without without advertising it. Like I've had uh, prize money from. Like in both team prizes and uh, and winning some small races that actually I'd have done the race without the prize money. I didn't know I was going to get the prize money. I've not signed up for it for the prize money. Mm-hmm. I've not run faster for the prize money. What are they getting out of it for giving me the prize money? 
So I, I've never understood from the other point of view why when they do have lots of prize money, they don't offer it. But for them to effectively be advertising it previous years and not to tell anyone that they've that they changed it seems a bit kind of underhand and dishonest. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can definitely see why she would be uh, see frustrated. I, I I agree, Chris. I think um, you know in, in terms you've got to be upfront when it comes. Not every and I'm sure Jen's not like that. You know she doesn't. She, she's been she takes part in a lot of races and you know if it being a local race as well. Her, her the main reason for doing it is to no doubt be the national champion and it's just a secondary that prize money is is something as you would finally you know, quite rightly get rewarded when it comes to certainly a commercial race such as the great sterling run um you know it's there to make money i mean there's plenty of races that uh you know they they take you know you haven't uh, they're just trying to break even um and it's it's their agenda is to promote participation and um, and it might be a, a town event, like you know, there's a lot of events I can think of um, that I've done, and, and you get you get a a bottle of wine or something. As yeah, a couple, of, you know, I did Scotland Hill race, and I was second, and I got some beer, four four pack of beer. And okay, it's not a huge event, but it's not all. But something like the Great Run, yeah, I would. It would be good to know what the prize money was mm-hmm. for that event, and it might have. She might have maybe thought, you know, I've got a chance at doing another race and um, and, and and maybe getting a little bit of prize money for such a, you know, a marathon doesn't just take a few weeks of training, as we all know, it takes uh, a good bit of sacrifice. And and if you're only getting two hundred pounds, I would be oh. without knowing what the prize money is. Uh, yeah. And they were debating that, then I, I think I would feel cheated too. Especially you, you think it's a market if you win it, might be right and. Yeah, unless they got a. Sometimes you get, you know, you do get free elite entries with these things. Uh, I don't know if they were offering that for this event, but even that. Even if they hadn't, I just think, you know, it's the national championships. We talked about this last week. If Scottish Athletics want to build some prestige around this, it needs to be, there needs to be a proper prize structure. You know, imagine if they put down, you know, good money on it, because they're, you know, Great Run, I guess, kind of, if Great Run want to, have the prestige of their race being the Scottish Marathon Championship. Scottish Athletics should be putting pressure on them to keep a solid prize structure to attract the best runners in Scotland to go. Now, if Great Run are not prepared to do that, Scottish Athletics should be saying, well, do you know what? We're not going to make your run our National Marathon Championships. Because some people, and I'm guessing the likes of, I'm maybe speaking out of turn, but Jen and Mikey, I guess the fact that it was part, partly Scottish Marathon Championships, sorry, it was Scottish Marathon Championships, maybe part of the reason why they run it. So, Maybe Scottish Athletics need to be firmer with Great Run on that point. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I, I think so as well. You know, it's uh, to attract a, a decent field. Sometimes there is incentive um, to, to put prize money in, and, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think is absolutely fine. And um, like, you know, I know Scottish Athletics are already doing that with some of their events, you know, like the cross country, the the Grand Prix, and, you know, you're yes. in some of the time bonuses and races. And I think, you know, from for the last thirty years, they've always done that, and you know many uh, of the elite races. But you know, I, I get I get the point. You know, if it's um, it is a commercial race, it's uh, it's not your your local five k, ten k. That's maybe not there to you know intention isn't to make money. It's like Met Rabadine, the 
the idea of having the, the beach 10k isn't to make a huge amount of money, it's to promote participation and uh, feed feed the money, if any profit, back into the club to improve the, the club profits and um, yeah, to improve the club as a whole. Yeah. It's it's a huge downgrading from uh, from Great Run though, because uh, the first year that the so that's been three years of Sterling Marathon, and in the first year they I think they had an attempt at an elite field, but it was a one man elite field of Andrew Limoncello, and I think that he uh, he he may have had an appearance fee or something because it, it I don't think it was anywhere close to his PB that he ran to, to win it. But I remember them yeah. at the start line because that that was the year that I ran it on the start line. They they introduced him as Scotland's top marathoner, which seemed yeah. a bit of a stretch given what Hawkins was were, was doing at the time. Yeah, at the time, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so they they were pushing that as perhaps going to be one of their new uh, elite events, and maybe they've downgraded it over the last two years. So they say, well, actually, no, we're not interested in in attracting a late field we just want this one to be for uh for the mass participation but that's fine if they want to do that but for scottish athletics to be going the opposite way so the first year it wasn't the scottish marathon championships and now in its second and third years it has been and they've been they're asking people to choose between a lot of much more prestigious races with potentially bigger prize pots. I know Brighton has a bigger prize pot. I think it was mentioned in the rant uh, Edinburgh does as well. And they're they're asking people to choose between basically all of the other big events if you're a Scottish Marathon runner and doing the Scottish Marathon Championships. And now Great Run are making it less appealing to do it for the for the top runners. So yeah. I think there's a big question for, Scot- for Scottish athletics as to whether they stick with that as their championship. Sometimes it's it's far too in advance as well, though. 
you know, you, you, the entries open in January, start of January, and your 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 race is in November. By the time you get to July or maybe even May, and you plan your autumn winter, the things you can't get a space in the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I think there's a. It's it's going to be interesting. And, and I know these. You know. Okay. We, we some listeners might think we're whining a bit, but at the end of the day, we. I think we all club runners here. I think we represent a lot of club runners in Scotland. And you know, you do you do pick and choose your races, and even if you're going to win it, I'm not going to win it. I'm after championships or additional championships. But I want to go. So I know that I want to race against club runners, and that's you know a mentality a lot of club runners want to have. So. So let's see. Let's hopefully we'll get some some information on that. Um, what do you think of uh, on Jen's point on the uh, the half marathon and the marathon being the same uh, same prize money? So I on that one, I am not sure I completely agree with the marathon being harder than a half. I think uh, I think not even wants to run a marathon to be fair. But on the other hand, from what I can see, there's no elite field for the. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, well, what I would say is that, as in harder, I think in terms of the prep and the recovery required after a marathon, is uh, a lot, a lot more than maybe the doing a half marathon. I think I that's would, maybe what. I, I would disagree if you're training for it properly. If someone said the half, the half marathon in Sterling is my A goal, I think that you could make an argument to say that they they would train as hard and race as hard as. It's like that whole argument. People say a 5k is not as hard as a marathon. It depends who you run it. That's true. But if you were to, to go eyeballs out in both, your recovery time for a marathon is always going to true. be long. But are you getting half. paid for the recovery time? That's No. No, well, no. yeah, that's true. So that's that's maybe where, where I would be a, a bit miffed that you're, you know, the prize money for both the half and the marathon is the same. Well, it comes back down to what is prize money for? It's it's just a reward, isn't it? It's not. Uh, but I mean, well, I, so I, it's an I, many, yeah, it's, I think it's an incentive, but it's it is a reward. And as I mentioned, you know, I stick. I, I don't expect to do many ultras and, and get a prize. Um, you know, I do it for the sheer, the competitiveness, the, you know, the the race camar- com- camaraderie. Um, you know, so, something like the Highland Fling, for mm-hmm. example. I didn't get any prize money for that, and you know whether that's the right or the wrong thing. You know, people will, will, will you know argue black and white with that, but I um, it was more the prestige of, of winning that and to become the Scottish champion that I was concerned about. But I, you know, I equally I've, I've looked at races and gone, oh, there's some prize money there. I'm going to do that, and that's exactly. That's just... so you've gone, you've gone to do it. And I just think that. But it's yeah. not. But it's not just about going. It might sometimes depend. Depends what the race is. I mean, there's one race, and I'm not going to name the race because every Tom, Dick, and Harry will do it, and then I won't get the prize money for it. But there's one. you. No, well, that one too. Yeah, yeah, you get decent prize money. He means a point and a half games then. That's, <laughs> oh, God, Chris, that's it. You've spoiled it now. So that that's coming up soon. And the, there was only 15 people on the race, and I ended up getting like 200 pounds. Wow. And, and basically, you know, I, I'm oh, going to yeah, give away my uh, my secrets now, but for Debbie... Have you got a shortcut as well? Debbie did the race, right? Debbie did the race. Yeah, she, she she did the race. She was the only woman in the race. So all she had to do was complete it for £100. 
So that's you know that's uh, the sheer um, the other end of of the scale and uh, watch out for record numbers this year. <laughs> I know I was going to say we've promoted that. So any any elite athletes uh, who want some some coin go along to the Cornhill Highland Games and but you know everyone's going to be kicking me now because they know they now know what the secret where the secret mm-hmm. is in terms of the, the 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 pots of of money and the pots of gold. But I yeah I mean if I, I were don't... if I were organising a two races in one day though maybe i would pick one of those races and it wouldn't necessarily be the longer one it could be the half instead of the marathon and say i want all the top guys racing in the same race maybe i'll get more of them in in a half than i will in a marathon especially when it's competing on the same day as london uh why don't i actually say no prize money for the marathon they've already got their scottish athletics medals Mm -hmm. and put all the prize money in the in the half and uh Try and get your people that aren't willing to don't fancy a marathon at the moment. They're not in a marathon block yeah. to uh, to yeah. all come and and race and have a proper race. Because if you have equal prize money between the two uh, uh, the two events, that's where you start spinning your yeah. your field. Yeah. But I I don't think it necessarily has to be the longer one that has the more money. I'm sure Great Manchester Run, which is uh, and one of their other events that uh, that well Mo Farah won the 10k of that and they have a half marathon the same day. I'm sure they didn't have the same prize money for the uh, for yeah. the half. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, that was a, that's a, a good wee rant. So you know, indirectly, Jen's yeah. rant is uh, she's not even <laughs> com- contacted us. We've we've stole a rant from someone. Yeah, <laughs> we're reporting. It's news. Exactly. Yeah. So other than that, what? I think. Uh, well, any other rants? Yeah, it's not a rant. But speaking of news, the one thing that I just wanted to uh, to make a mention to, which I think is worth pointing out, you know, we obviously we we're not Scottish Athletics movement tonight. We are we are fans generally of, of what they're doing and you know, what they're trying to achieve. But one thing I think is worth mentioning is that uh, Ron Morrison, who is a uh, one of the top officials in, in Scotland, he's actually he's a five AC man. Ron. Ron was uh, recently named by UK Athletics as their endurance official of the year for. For uh, 2000, which I think was 2018, so last year was, and uh, yeah, just a real that's a huge achievement to get. You know, Ron's a guy who you see at all across the country. He was down at Silverman at the 5K. I think um, you know he's if I was, I don't think he got his award. You know, a real a real stalwart of of officiating in, in Scottish athletics. So um, that's someone someone probably put out on Facebook. What Ron doesn't know about athletics isn't worth knowing. So he's he's another Alex Jackson, you know, he's right up there and we're really, really, really pleased for Ron to, to get that. So I've no idea if Ron listens or not, but if any Five AC listeners do or any any um colleagues of Ron do, uh, please pass our best on to Ron. Get him on your interview list. Yes. That's a good idea. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well well done to Ron. Um and I think I'll you know, reiterate what I mentioned about officials and volunteers. You know they're not they're not getting paid for this. Um, I think from you know maybe expenses here and there, but it's entirely voluntary. Um, and it's really, really the the forefront of of you know some of these races that that happen and to to not have any officials taking part or, or volunteering their services means that we're not going to get performances uh, mm. from from our top athletes and we'll, and and ultimately we wouldn't have a Tartan Running Shorts podcast. Exactly. So there you go. God so, yeah. Exactly. Jeez. To the to the relief of many listeners, eh? 
Anyway, so yeah, that that's that's the that's the the news really. Is there any is. other news we've got to report? I don't think so. No, there is something today which I think we can push till next week. We've got. Um, I'll save it for next week. Okay, I think I know where it might be, but we won't chat about it. Time's <laughs> marching on as usual, yeah. rambling away. It's uh, it's what we do best. So, uh, you want uh, anything else you want to say? Goals? Are we oh, going to push? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Goals. Let's push that to let's next week. That, yeah. <laughs> we'll so, keep pushing that one. I actually haven't decided what my goal is yet, so that's probably quite yeah. wise. We can get Chris back on for a goal-setting exercise. Well, what, okay, well, briefly then, Chris, what have you got planned for the next month, two, three? Have you got anything lined up? Are you just going to take some time out? or? Well, the, the big goal race at the moment is uh, two beer miles in the space of two weeks. Uh <laughs> I've got the Ben Ward Run Beer Stag Beer Mile, uh, followed oh, like uh, followed a week belated by the Tartan Running Shorts Beer Mile. So and that's I uh, the, I've been training on the beer since uh, since the marathon almost entirely. So I'm hoping that uh, the marathon training will uh, will count for the running. It's like a Tokyo London turnaround. Yeah. Yes, isn't it? Are you going to negative split the beer mile? Half uh, mile. Oh, there we go. What sort of time are you looking at? Uh, I, I'm hoping to go sub four minutes. That's the uh, um, that's the plan. For the half mile, you mean, eh? No, no, yeah, for the mile, for the mile. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the winter Yeah. So, uh, so we've got quite a lot of people signed up. So let's do a plug on the 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 Tartan Running Shorts birthday bonanza party. Uh, so it's on what day is it again, Tom? Friday the Friday the seventeenth of May. Friday the seventeenth of May. So if you yeah. haven't already seen it. Like face, like our Tartan Running Shorts Facebook page, and uh, look at the event that we've got uh, coming up, and get yourself attending that event. Make sure that you click attend so that we know how many people are turning up, and we will see you at the at the fitty fitty end of the prom at Aberdeen. Indeed, yeah, looking forward to it. Perfect. So, so, so that is obviously the biggest race on the calendar, but before then, there, there are a few races this weekend. So this weekend it's the Tottenham Nathcote Series, we've got the Hellenberg 10k, we've also got the Pennycook 10k. I don't know if these are entered on the day races, but I'll have a look, see if you, if you can spot it. Up near this way we've got the the, the uh, Peterhead Roadrunners uh, Running Club, sorry, alongside Loop 10 Miler, which I believe is sponsored by a brewery. Yeah, I think Brutoon were uh, giving out the beers there yeah. there last year. That's uh, uh, a Ben Ward run beer champion. Yeah, he won't be able to defend it. He's winning. Well, what do you get for winning? That's uh, that's the question. Uh, <laughs> beer, everyone yeah. will be listening. So if I don't get, if whoever does it doesn't get a, a, a year's supply of beer, I'll be going crazy on Twitter. You get a beer for finishing. Okay. So if, everybody a, gets a beer. A year's supply of beer, anything less, I'll be kicking off big time. Saying I'm not going to win, because I'm not doing it. But <laughs> Well, you should. The, the reigning champion will be away. Yeah, there you go. It opens up the, the opportunity for others. Perfect. So what else, what else race-wise? Is that it, Tom? There is one race we're going to give another plug to, because it's, uh, we think it's a great format, and we think it should be on people's calendars. The Monument Mile, which is the, well, the Monument Mile Classic Tour is following it's the the second year in the short Central AC have organised their mile race on the track, which having interviewed Borag Miller, really we understand she's running. We also understand Ali Hay will be running to defend his title, so um, that is on the 24th of May. 
Fantastic. Do, get involved, folks, if you want to run a mile. What? A, yeah. Why don't you do the chart running shorts beer mile and then do the monument mile a few weeks later as a? Why? Why not? Do that as your as your um your warm up. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, there's now. a lot. Lot. A few other other races. Lock leaving half marathon. Uh, the Ben Lomond Hill race. The the oh that's a weird one. The Monklands one k, Monarchy five k and ten k. Um, oh, Monklands half marathon. Uh, you've got oh the Forest Harriers Ben Romick ten k is on this this weekend as well. No, so yeah, quite, no, I didn't even know it was on. That's pretty bad. Um, see so yeah, a Way Ultra. So you've got a cheeky wee ultra for any of you ultra dafties out there. The Denek Dash is that on this weekend as well. It must be. It must be. Yeah. So, so lots of. I mean, a lot of these events are probably already sold out. But look at Scottish Athletics fixtures. Look at the Run ABC Scottish Running Guide fixture list of uh, your. And there's a Scottish Hill Runners calendar as well. So have a look at those reference points for any races that you might want to do in the next week or two or in the near future, folks. So aside from that. How do you get in contact with us, Tom? So you can, as always, email us at chartrunningshorts.gmail.com, which is proved to be probably the most favourable way for people to get in, in touch with us. The website, chartrunningshorts.com, has all information on chartrunningshorts. You can get us on Facebook, at chartrunningshorts, or on Twitter, at chartrunningshorts. Fantastic. Right. Well, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show on a Monday night, cheering us, cheering all these people who... We haven't had a holiday on, on bank holiday Monday and uh, and I'm sure everyone during the week is going to have a great couple hours listening to us rambling away. So, yeah, thanks again, Chris, for coming along and congratulations on that stellar performance at London. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much for having me on and you've now got 50% more rambling to edit out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you can definitely, we will definitely push back again. I think we need to follow up maybe once Chris is settling Often races we can we can hear about that so so the listeners who I mean the, the people who honestly we've had requests to hear from Chris Richardson on the podcast so it's important exactly. that you get the fans what they want exactly and it's he's certainly not disappointed what I would what I will say is uh, we never spoke one really one bit about the night vapor flies we kept that uh, oh, yeah. on the down low so the next time you come on Chris you can. You can compare the next percent to the four percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll probably have yeah. uh, bought a pair by then. So. <laughs> exactly, he's uh, mortgaged this house. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, no, that twenty pound entry, please. <laughs> right. On that note, folks, we will uh, catch up with you next week, and uh, happy running. That's not a saying that we say often. Most podcasts say that at the end, but. Yeah, have a great week of running, folks. Bye. See you. Bye.